Welcome to the Life Changing Principles Podcast, where we take a new principle every week and explore how it changes our lives. I'm Leanne Hunt, ready to jump into today's principle. Today's principle is we often fear or avoid failure because of a few minutes of discomfort. So what is a principle? A principle is a statement of truth that you can apply to your life. So we're going to look at how we can apply this to our life, this statement of truth that often we're not actually avoiding failure itself. We're just avoiding the discomfort or the bad feelings that come up because of that moment of failure. When we realize that it didn't go the way we thought it was going to go, we get really uncomfortable and we avoid it. So let's unpack this principle for just a minute. Failure is kind of a complex thing. There's lots of ways to look at failure. You can call someone a failure, like that's part of their identity, like, oh, I'm such a failure, he's such a failure. You can just have different varieties of failure, like setting a goal and then not accomplishing it, or maybe like um, just neglecting to do something. Oh, I failed to do this thing. Kind of like it was an expected thing, but I failed to do it. Or we sometimes use the word when something stops working, like the brakes failed. And so if you really kind of sum it all up, It's a matter of expectations. It's a matter of what you thought was going to happen, didn't happen. We call that failure. And so the complicated thing about failure is that you can have something as small as uh, making a little mistake in adding up the math, and that can be a failure, or it can be something as big as not getting into Juilliard. So failures vary in size and they vary in their permanence. And so you might not get a Juilliard and that seems like a permanent failure, but the goals behind why you wanted to go there does not mean you can't keep pursuing the goal. You can keep playing the instrument you were going to play. You can keep pursuing your dream. You can keep moving toward your goal, even though the specific goal of getting into Juilliard actually didn't happen and can't happen. It failed. But let's step back for just a minute from all these complicated definitions and layers of what failure means, what it means to fail. And instead, let's bring ourselves to the moment of when we realize we failed something. The moment when we realized, oh, the person I just saw that just passed by, I was supposed to do something for them. And I realized I never did that thing. That's a moment of failure. When we get our test score back and we see the score, That's a moment of failure. In that moment, it feels bad. And if you can bring yourself to that moment, that's what we're going to talk about is how to work through that few moments of terrible feelings so that you can move forward in your life, so that you can take your failures and learn from it. That's what people who are really successful do. They've learned how to fail. They've learned how to take failure and just use it as a learning experience. So failure now becomes no big deal. It's not a part of their identity. It's not part of who they are. It's just an experience from their lives that they can learn from. I think we could all agree that failure produces experience, that it produces learning, that it is an essential part of progressing and growth. Personal development requires failing sometimes and failing often because you're doing new things. If you're developing, you're doing new things that you haven't done before. I think we could also agree that failure is common. Everybody fails. It's not just common. It's a part of the universal experience of being human. And so we all fail. So here's the question I have. 
if failure is really useful and failure happens to everybody, why is it such a big deal? Why do we avoid it? That brings us to the principle. We often fear or avoid failure because of a few minutes of discomfort, that failure moment that we just talked about. Let's take a look at that moment and think for a minute about the kinds of things that we sometimes do when, they're, when we're in the middle of a failure moment. So sometimes we pretend like nothing happened, like we just kind of gloss it over, like nothing happened here. Sometimes we freeze and we get hyper aware of like who's watching us. Sometimes we get really down on ourselves and we have a lot of negative self-talk because we messed up. Sometimes we kind of can see failure coming and we push through and we stay up all night to get it done. Sometimes we go through the motions so it looks like we tried harder than we actually did. Sometimes we over-prepare to avoid failure. Sometimes we dissociate, like we just, just remove ourselves from the moment. Sometimes we panic, we freak out. We're just like, oh, I can't believe I just did this. Sometimes we get really cranky with other people and we blame others or blame ourselves and we need to create space in order for us to work through it. Sometimes we make it bigger than it actually is. We just make this mountain out of a molehill. So if we bring ourselves back to that moment of failure, when we're having some big emotions, when we're worried about someone seeing us and what they might think and what it might mean about us, we can take ourselves to that moment and instead of numbing or freezing or walking away from it or covering it up or freaking out about it, what can we do to make failure no big deal? There are things we can do in this situation that help us to address that big moment of discomfort so that we can move forward and just treat it as it is, a moment, not a tragedy. So the first thing we can do to make failure no big deal is to learn how to regulate our emotions. Most people aren't taught this as kids. We have to figure it out for ourselves. We know that we have a stress response, which is what happens inside of our body when we are in that failure moment, we're having this big emotion, then we can actually take a breath, do some deep breathing. We can meditate. We can count backwards. There's all kinds of things we can do that will actually trigger our body to calm down. Now, of course, a stress response starts out as nerves and hormones that trigger all these stressful things that happen in our body. And by the time we breathe to tone it back down, it'll take a few minutes for that to occur. But knowing that our breath literally triggers the cool down period helps us to breathe for a minute and to tolerate big emotions. We can also just feel our feelings. We can take a minute to feel disappointed or embarrassed or frustrated or angry or whatever it is that we're feeling. Another thing that we can do to make failure no big deal is we can pay attention to the thoughts in our brains. So thoughts are just sentences in our brains. They're not true, we don't have to believe them. They're just sentences that come up as our brains try to make sense of the world and try to create stories. And so we can pay attention to those, not because we're gonna focus on them, but because we're going to notice them and let them pass. Notice them and let them pass. In that moment of failure, we don't get caught up in our thoughts. We just go, oh yeah, I'm having that thought. Oh yeah, that's my story that I'm not good enough. And we just put it on a little leaf, let it leaf, let it float down the river and let it go. Another thing that we can do is to 
take the advice of Pema Trojan who said, if we find ourselves blaming others or blaming ourselves, instead we can try getting curious. Blame doesn't help anybody and it's an extreme. Instead, we can get curious to say, I wonder what actually happened here. In business, they call it turning a bad day into good data. And so for us, we use goal loops. Goal loops is a way to be calm and brave and face whatever happened with three simple questions. What went well and why? What didn't go well? And what did you learn? Just asking those three questions, especially if you've practiced it ahead of time and made it a habit, asking those three questions gets you calm and curious. It helps you to embrace the strength that you're coming from, but it also helps you to face your weaknesses and be truthful and to fess up to what happened. And it puts it into a package of learning so that the failure, instead of being labeled as a failure, is just labeled as a learning experience. Putting your learning into words actually creates better learning and better memory of your learning in your brain. When I was in junior high, I took a judo class. Don't remember why, maybe one of my friends was in it and talked me into it or something. It was just at our little community center. And the first thing we did when we went, judo first of all is a martial art that's more about throwing than it is about kicking and punching. And the first thing we learned when we went was how to fall. And so we spent the whole first several lessons having someone else throw us and learning how to fall by slapping the mat. And then we would learn a new how to fall, a new way to fall by rolling forward. And then we would learn a new way to fall from a different throw by rolling backwards. And so all of that practice taught us how to fall so that later when we were the ones doing the throwing or we were engaging back and forth with an opponent, and they would throw us or something would happen, we would know how to fall without getting injured because we had practiced it before we were in the middle of the mess, before we were in the middle of the fight or the situation. The same thing happens with what we want to practice in order to address a failure moment and have it be no big deal. We can practice naming our emotions and breathing before we get into the freak out moment of failure where we need to name our emotions and breathe. We can practice just letting our thoughts go by and not having them mean anything and not believing them before we get into the moment. That's why people meditate. They're practicing before they get into difficult situations. We can also practice goal loops. I goal loop stuff all the time, even though it's not a goal. Something just goes mildly wrong and I'll be like, let's goal loop it. And so we'll ask those three questions. Last night, my husband and I were working on a project and we were having a little meeting about it and going over it and it did not go well. So we go looped it. All right, let's start with the questions. What went well? Well, we are wanting to work together. And so we actually scheduled a meeting and we're holding it and we're showing up and we both have some good ideas in this meeting. Why did that go well? Because we're committed to making this project work. We're excited about it. Can you see how that starts us off with kind of a relaxed state of, oh, we have good intentions here and we both have some um, some strengths that we're working from. The second thing is what didn't go well. What didn't go well is that we started arguing and picking apart each other's arguments. What did you learn? What we learned after we pondered for a few minutes was we were both tired. It was late at night. It was not a good time to have a meeting. And so we tabled it and we move forward and we're willing to start again the next day to say, let's have this meeting the next day. Even though that wasn't a goal to have the meeting, it was just something we had scheduled. 
because it didn't go well, we took a minute to practice goal loops so that next time I'm in the middle of a really difficult situation, I can run through those questions in my head in order to learn in the moment what's happening, to calm myself down in the moment and to be able to move forward. Practicing situations ahead of time really does make a difference. It trains your brain to operate in a new way when it gets to that kind of situation. Take for example, a therapist who's working with someone with social anxiety. One of the things that therapists can do, one of the tools that they have, is to help that person practice social mishaps. And so they actually on purpose go and create things that are socially awkward to see what it's like so that they can practice them. For example, there was a study that took one woman and followed her through her group of, of therapy to see what kinds of social experiences happen and how they worked for her. And they ended up being very effective, better than the other person in the other group who was just doing like traditional cognitive behavioral therapy. And so here are some of the things that she did. She gave a three minute speech in front of her little group of four to six people um, on something she was familiar with. And she practiced intentionally doing something she knew would make her uncomfortable. Another thing she did was give a three minute speech on something she wasn't aware of or wasn't really knowledgeable on. And so she just started talking about it, had to talk for three minutes. Another thing she did was have to go and make arrangements at a hotel because she was worried about inconveniencing others. She feared this inconveniencing other people. So she went to a hotel and made all of these arrangements and then got a list and then tried to negotiate the price. And then she rejected the offer because she quote, changed her mind. That was her goal was to go and do that and do it without apologizing or giving excuses. In practicing that socially awkward moment of inconveniencing people, she could then say, hmm, what was my anxiety level? What did the other person do? How did they react? It was intentionally practicing what she was afraid of. My daughter had a professor in college who required that everyone turn in one assignment late and get less than full credit. And if you didn't do that, he would make one of your assignments a zero. He wanted people to practice failing and get over this anxiety of, oh, I'm turning in something late. Like, okay, turn in the first one late, make it late, you get a few points off, it's okay, you're gonna survive this. We all experience failure and because it's uncomfortable, most of us try to avoid it. How do we apply that principle to our lives? One way is to realize that we're not avoiding the failure, we're avoiding the discomfort. And so if we can learn how to manage discomfort, we're way more likely to embrace the failure, learn from it, and then move forward in our lives. Thanks for being here and taking a little time out of your busy life for personal development. I applaud you for that. We take change one step at a time. You're already on your way. You're already enough. You've got this. Have a great week and we'll see you for the next principle.